to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda, I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good, actually. It's so great to be talking to you on this podcast again after our hiatus, and then this is going to come out after the episode with Abby as my uh, guest co-host. It feels like it's been so long. And but we're back in the saddle. I guess that's appropriate because there's the horses in the opening. That's a stretch, but <laughs> I'm going to accept it. I'm not very funny is the problem here. Look, it's been a long time and we have to relearn how to do this little by little. Right, exactly. You have to remember what it is to be imaginative the Tonight we're here to talk about, sorry guys, you can tell because you see the episode title before you listen to it, but it's another musical episode. It's just musical central over here. Sorry, that's how it is. The, The reason is that Alice came and visited me a couple of days ago in person, and I surprised her with a copy of the musical that was given to me in great confidence by giovanna of empty movement i will not be sharing it or spreading it in any manner because it is still uh the blu-ray i think is still available for pre-order on amazon.jp.co.jp or whatever um i don't know if that's true but i think it is and the rocketon stream is still available Probably not by the time this comes out, but uh, it is still available or it has been available for a while. So she doesn't want to put it out there in any way while people can still access it legally. And you should if you can. I pre-ordered the Blu-ray and I'm looking forward to it. But Alice, this was your first time seeing the musical and you, like me, got to see it uh, or had to see it. Without subtitles. So uh, there's not much we can say about the dialogue, but I mean, it's Black Rose Saga. It's not, it wasn't very, I, I mean, I didn't think it was very hard to follow. Well, actually, I did want to talk about that because okay. most, so let's start there. It's Black Rose Saga, which should be an uncontroversial statement, I hope, but it's not quite the same. Oh, um, definitely not. They changed things to better suit the medium yeah and there are some specific changes they make along the way oh first just to before we get into actual discussion thumbs up thumbs down thumbs up one thumbs up two thumbs up i'm gonna say i'm gonna say one and four fifths of a thumb oh god that's the most alice answer ever But yes, I would love to get into the uh, changes and the differences. So, okay. One big one for me is that while we keep the central conceit the same, um, it does change some things that we don't have more, like at least, I think two or three of the Black Rose Duelists just do not appear. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they uh, they pared down the number of duelists because, I mean, it was already two hours. 
Um, I'm aware that I'm in the minority here as far as like I'm really loving the Black Rose arc, but I it was a little di- like it was I can't say it was disappointing because I knew they were going to have to do this, but I'm it is a little sad to see those go not because I like them specifically so much as one of the strengths of the Black Rose arc is how it kind of has time to explore outside of the core cast. Mm-hmm. Um, it just wanders off into the woods, and that's kind of a strength. That's a good thing, because it, it it works for that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we lose that here uh, in the musical. Musical works without it, but the musical is also doing a slightly different thing. You're not getting the Black Rose arc as you know it. You're getting a you're you're getting a narrative that is different and where it's what it's trying to do to a small extent. This one's a lot more Utsuno focused. Yeah, because I think one of the reasons is uh, I think that like well, it pra- for one on a practical level, the actress that plays Utsuna is she has done other things she's popular for her other work i don't know any of it because here at imagine me and you to know we do no research but um she from what i understand she has like a a pretty established fan base and in particular like a, a male fan base and they made up a good portion of the crowd for the first musical uh, according to reports, anyway. I mean, I I wasn't there, but um, so I think that they probably on a on some level didn't want to hamper the draw that would be people who might be coming just to see her in a thing, even if they're not necessarily mm-hmm. interested in Utena. But also just because it's a a musical and not a TV show, like. It feels weird to do a show and then not have the main character as the focus. And so they fe- they kind of, I think, felt like they had to shoehorn her into everything that was going on. Because even Alan okay. does feel a little forced sometimes. So the point you're making is good, and I like it, and I hadn't thought of it that way, but you're right. But I'm also going to say just one single word that destroys your entire argument. In a very unfair and not very applicable way. Okay. Cats. What? Is, who is the main character of Cats? Okay, that's that's different because Cats is a singular entity and Utena is a. a Wait, are you implying that all the cats are that all the cats themselves are a gestalt collective? No, what I mean is that Cats the Musical is, like, a separate entity that only really exists as, like, an adaptation of a loose collection of poems. Yes. Whereas Utena is a franchise with a main character, an established main character, and to have a work that, to be fair, I feel like even with the success of anime musicals, like doing mm-hmm. Utena musicals is a bit of a risky move because Utena is yeah. such a niche fandom. Like, it's not one of your bigger popular franchises. And I think that, like, it's great that there is enough presence 
in Utena fandom that was able to make this happen. But, like, they are kind of taking a risk there in making something this big. And, I mean, like, you could tell from the from the the show they obviously upped the budget considerably to for this one so i think that like taking the gamble on not having her as at least part of the focus it can be alienating to maybe more casual fans that might come whereas cats never has a main character because it even in its inception as a pile of poems, there was no main character. And also, the only reason that you're bringing up cats is because immediately after watching this, I did subject you and your fiancé to the 1998 recorded version of cats and i had a great time i don't know about you guys but i was ex- i was expecting right of either either right of spring or um when you're a cat you're a cat all the way um and i got either of those things <laughs> you know it's funny our friend jeff hey boots on twitter uh also watched cats recently because when i posted about how i was going to watch it i sent him the torrent for it and he also said i there were things that i expected cats to be and it was none of those things i did not expect it to be that horny I expected it to be mildly horny in a cheeky way. I did not expect it to be outrageously horny in every moment in an explicitly super furry way. That was created by horny furries in the 80s. No, I think it was just created by a horny theater man who was just okay with dressing everything up in weird animal costumes. I'm not saying that Andrew Lloyd Webber is a furry. I'm just saying that if you were to be near Andrew Lloyd Webber and say furry slang, that the chances of him not getting it are very small. I contend that the cats of cats are not furries. I contend that you're wrong, but I I love you anyway because you're my friend and I value you. You are valid, except in this moment. I think that people who are really into cats in a certain way are probably, they probably count as furries. I just don't think that the cats themselves, I don't know if I consider those furries. Maybe the, maybe the, like, original productions with all of like the costuming and stuff but these new ones that are just like i don't i don't know if i consider those furries i know two things in this life everyone who likes cats cats is a furry secretly and everyone who likes utina has probably at some point tried to read sappho i mean most of the majority of our group in japan was lesbians or other queer people i think we had like a couple of maybe heterosexual people at various points but there was a it over half of the group at any point was lesbians wait panda you know heterosexual people who aren't your mother i met them on this trip you have met a street before. I I met two. I met. I I don't want to. I don't want to speak 
or name the people in question, but I believe that I met at least two heterosexuals, but that didn't come up in conversation. I'm only speculating. Okay, so we have to return we to the musical. We have to get back on We subject. have to do this. This is why we can't podcast by ourselves. We haven't done this one-on-one in so long. I know, I kind of miss the TVH. I agree. <laughs> okay, back so... Back to the musical. Room, so back to the musical. So overall, it's a different it's a different experience. But that's not to say it's a it's a worse experience. Just a different one. Um, you are gonna miss out on some of uh, some. There's some things in the anime that are just not going to translate into a musical. There are some things that you could save or that will morph and sort of trans kind of like become something different but still work. Um, like the duels, for instance, are a very different experience when they're musical, but they work and it's kind of like a one for one about as close as you can get. And some things don't do that. Like for instance, the very quiet, almost ghost in the shell quality of Mikage and Mamiya and their like weird abyss looking at flower, the same flower for like 10 episodes. Those parts lose a lot of their, lose a lot of what makes them good. And they're kind of not really doable. Because they're so built on silence, and you kind of silence is a harder thing to work with in a medium that is defined by music. Yeah, not impossible. Just it's a little tricky, um, and they they do try to compensate for that specifically with instead of those quieter moments where we have sort of the the feeling of unease created by stillness and sort of like weird camera angles, we get. Um, we get Mamiya constantly, without anybody acknowledging it, replacing Anthe in the backgrounds of scenes. Oh, the shadows and stuff, too, are so yeah. good. We get the shadows. We get, they do a lot of stuff to, it's very, what they are doing is different. The effect they are going for is the same. Yes. That's cool. I liked it. Um, I think we can both agree, shifting, slightly shifting gears, that... The casting is good. Yes. And I think it's not that controversial to say that the actor doing Miki in this one is infinitely better. Okay, since if I don't say this, Gio will either yell at me or yell at the podcast while she's listening to this. Okay, so supposedly the original Miki, it wasn't that he, or the Miki in the first musical, it wasn't that he couldn't sing or that the guy is a bad singer. It's that apparently they were going for like him being younger and less experienced and like his voice kind of cracking and stuff. And I personally, it did not work for me. I thought that it just to me sounded bad and it was not an enjoyable experience for me to hear him i'm willing to believe that but i don't think it was a good idea i'm willing to acknowledge that that was happening yeah no that makes sense i just think it was a bad idea yes like i understand what they're kind of going for it just doesn't work I feel like the new Miki, the Miki in this musical, was able to get across some of that, like, boyish nervousness in a way that was more pleasurable to my ears. Also, like, 
even that was standing, and I'm willing to believe it because there were some choices, there were some things that the the Mickey and the other thing was doing that just I, I remember watching and thinking, there's no way that this is not bad directing here, or they're trying to go for something that's just not working because he was getting the boisterous across, and it was pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, and, and it kind of came down to really. Focus, kind of leaning more on the the sort of like acting outside of the songs. Sort of the turning around, the sort of awkward like turning away, holding holding his like thing to him, like ah, uh, kind of thing that he does. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Like that, that was good. Yeah. Really, again, the casting for this, for this is great. Jury did good. Jury Wow, Jury did good. Oh, I mean, like, we we have spoken at length at how magnificent Riona is. Supposedly, yes. she actually cannot, like, apparently she's kind of a bad actor in that she cannot do any other character than the, like, coolest fucking woman you've ever seen in your life. See, that's just called being a character actor. She's so good at it that she keeps getting cast in things. And honestly, put her in every cool girl role ever. I don't care. She is incredible. She is beautiful. She could kill me by looking at me. And she gets across the vulnerability of Jury in a way that is so heart-wrenching. Oh my god. And she just, like... Not to just wax forever about Juriona, but she is incredible, truly. We we could and we should wax eloquent about her because she played Tuxedo Mask. Have we talked about this? She played we Tuxedo have Mask over. in the Super Live that I saw in New York. It's okay, so I will push back on one thing. It's not a bad acting to only kind of play one kind of role and only be able to really do that well. Being a character actor is valid, you know, and some of the some of my favorite actors are very much character actors. Some char- actors become character actors because people won't stop casting them in certain roles. But I mean, it, it's a valid thing to be. And I, and I think that that she's doing it pretty perfectly. Like the performance that she gives in the musical is stellar. She's doing a lot of really great physical acting. Not just like delivery of lines, but also the look on her face, the expressions of like the expression that she delivers lines with, the body language that she gives basically all the time is just immaculate. The only person who I think was able to get more like really, the only two actors I think were able to get more of a reaction out of me were the actress playing Shiori. Yeah. Who definitely, definitely did a good job. We will talk about that. And Akio. God, makes me skin crawl. Which is exactly what his job was. He did a very good one. Yeah, like, the, the guy playing Akio very much has this, like, even Akio if he's standing up... Yeah, like it's like even when he's standing up straight, he looks like he's leaning. 
he is sort of slouching just a yeah. little bit like the way he has his hands in his pockets like it's he this... is adopting the posture of Akio in the show it's this perfectly managed slouch that just communicates so much out of just nothing and it's Honestly, I was really impressed with it. His singing is a little weaker, but also, like, several times I, I found myself thinking, this is not bad singing. This is the singing of someone whose character does not give a shit. Yes. Who's diegetically not giving a shit. And you see that in the way he just sort of slinks around stage, too. And, yeah, like, there's... A lot of the good stuff with Akio is not line delivery, because the line delivery is not the point of his character in this musical so much, as much, like, to me. What the point of Akio is to be a kind of a presence in the background, a shadow. And you see that in how Akio is on stage a lot, but has relatively few lines for how long he's on stage. But he's he often will just sort there. of like be there. Yeah, but he's not just being there. You know what he's doing? He's coming along behind people and he's touching them. Touching them. <laughs> yeah, he's he's like he is coming along behind characters, touching lightly on the shoulder, just happening to be very close to you. He is invading people's personal space. But in the most absolutely impossible to call him on kind of way, he's always he's standing too close. He's positioning himself in ways that are perfect. And with a person, I would be in awe of like their sort of like weird charismatic genius. Here, I'm in all I'm I'm impressed both by the actor who manages to make this effortless looking. And by the stage management, like the blocking here with him is, mm, they have planned out so much of the movement of this to be like clockwork. And that's yeah, why it every works. single movement is calculated. Let's see what else. Oh, I guess I could talk about Shiori now. Yes. The actress playing Shiori um, in this musical plays Shiori like she's a straight up yandere. You uh, are not a, you've historically not been a big fan of Shiori, is that correct? Um, at the risk, I would say at the risk of like being sort of set upon, but honestly I'm always being set upon, even for things I don't really say anymore, so sure. I mean, just, I feel like it's like, I feel like it's relevant. Uh, yeah, actually, when I say that she is straight up a Yandere in this, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, in fact, actually, I really liked Shiori in this. She gives off quite a, uh, quite an energy. The actress playing her literally, like, gives, like, does the whole look straight at the camera and, like, in the office and gives them the, the crazy wide-eyed grin, like, of of scary terror plans and it's so good and it works really well. Yeah, she's been very well received by by Shiori fans the internet over. It is so good. I really liked it. I um so I I, I liked her performance as far as like the slight 
bend on the character because in the anime Shiori has a little bit of the of that sort of quote unquote the Yandere thing going on, but she's more like recalcitrant in the way that Ikuhara characters can be, where they're just like cryptic as a matter of course. Yeah. And she's got that going on. The musical version drops a lot of that crypticness. Um, you can just tell what she feels like a lot easier. And honestly, it's for the better. Yeah, she's a much more subtle character in the anime just because like you can kind of do that in anime Mm -hmm. but i agree that taking some of her more sinister aspects and ramping them up for theater is a brilliant choice very good and this actress in particular uh is just like oh man like her crazy eyes like what that's what we kept talking about while we were watching it was just her eyes are insane yeah like it 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 works it it works really well it works in a it works so well that it makes me look back and wonder how much of my dislike of shiori my dislike of shiori and kozue goes back to ikuhara's obsession with making all of his characters like really cryptic all the time Maybe is I wonder how much of it, them not working for me is literally just that. Well, and I think also they become a little more fun when they're more, no pun intended, cartoon villains than when they are like, it, it's not as fun necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's relevant as well with, so with, with Kozue and Shiori. Oh yeah. How did you feel about Kozue in this also? Um, my reaction was not quite as big as it was with Shiori. Mm-hmm. I thought that Kozue here was fine. Mm-hmm. They are definitely leaning in more into the straight up. Like they're they're playing the whole I that she cares about her brother thing a lot more straight than the show does, which I'm go either way on. I think it's fine. I understand why they did it. Her motivation in this version leans more towards she's possessive of Miki because she wants to protect Miki because, like, the world has been cruel to her. Yeah. Which is... It's weird to talk about that in relevance to the anime because, specifically, sussing out why the fuck Shiori does... I mean, sorry, Kozue does half the things that she does kind of is difficult <laughs> yeah and so like any statement you're gonna make regarding kozue in the and the in the musical probably says more about how you see her in the anime than it does anything about the musical like for me she seems to make more sense in the anime as far as much as a just like this person feels like a human and less like an ikuhara character which doesn't always mean the same thing ikuhara like some of my favorite authors um occasionally makes people who are more like an artifact of fiction than they are an actual like person who that. just happens to be in the story and that's not bad i mean dosievsi does it if does he again if dosievsi does it you anyone can you can get away with it <laughs> but it's it's it it's worth being aware of so because is kind of a I was lukewarm on, but overall, fine. 
Shiori was the one that made a lot more sense to me in this. And mostly because the actress just let herself be unsettled. Whereas one of my biggest problems with Shiori in the show was I was, I remember watching and I was thinking to myself, I don't understand this character. What do you fuck do you even want? You just, just like, it it felt like she was kind of some kind of like monster who just does things because she can. Like not because she has a reason to, but just because she can. It, It was like watching a child who like, pinning the the wings of a small bug and you ask them why are you torturing that thing you're like i don't know like that's what she always felt like in the anime which is a little unfair that's different from her in the musical so in the musical it's just there like straight up it's not a i feel like this might be true it just is okay and in the anime, I'm like, I think this is who you are. I think you're just like some kind of like monster person, but I can't tell because Ikahara keeps trying to make me think that you're you have a point or something. I mean, and I... maybe you do, but I can't tell what it would be. And like, and so like the whole time that you're, I'm, you, she's in the show. I'm like, I don't know what I don't know what you are. Whereas in the musical i know within eight seconds because she's just super obvious about it we will probably revisit the shiori conversation when we have doc and abby on to talk about the after the revolution chapter about jury and shiori they've tried to explain shiori to me multiple times a bunch of them have and i'm just never gonna get it i'm I'm sorry i know we have the the shiori episode but uh, I've just, I, that was never we me. Will, we will revisit Shiori at another time. I'm just yeah, not I, I, I suspect that it's probably just, you know, sometimes people just feel differently about characters. And the one thing that I encourage about being a fan of Utena is no matter what you think, it's fine. Everybody's fine. That's more directed towards the audience than to yeah. you, obviously. Yeah, like, I think, like, liking Shore as a character is fine. I'm probably never going to do it, and I'm never going to understand it. Uh, I'm never going to understand her or, like, be able to relate to her in any way. But there are lots of characters I don't. Uh, so, it's, you know, being a person. Which Got is any other hot takes? Um, yeah, but... I'm no way in hell I'm releasing those on air. Do you have any other Utena hot takes? Definitely. That's what I was referring to. Damn, now I want to know your hot take. Maybe I'll tell you my hot takes when we're not on the air. And we'll have a whole episode of just Alice hot takes. <laughs> Curated, of course. Let's see musical. Yes, musical, musical, musical. You know who I liked more in this musical than I did in the show? Tell me, actually. Mamiya. Really? Okay, I'm curious. I didn't dislike Mamiya in the in the show, but there was something about this Mamiya that just, like, I guess because Mamiya in the show is sort of like a lifeless doll, and that can work on, like, a TV show, but for this, you kind of actually have to give him some more 
personality and i liked how he was sort of like vaguely menacing in the way that like manga mamia is and i liked that there was sort of like this there was this little bit of tenderness between him and mikage and there's especially there's one scene where like fucking mikage puts mamia's finger in his mouth and like i don't know if you caught that but like uh mommy like pulls his hand away and he has like a little smile and like oh i just i don't know like it just there was a lot more i just felt this character a lot more in the musical and i just feel like i have a new appreciation for mamia like as a character as a whole no I, i'm probably with you actually like i really liked what they did with him what, did you kind of did you like maybe you also like this but i kind of liked how um mamia kept kind of replacing anthony whenever she like she'd be sitting in a place and then inevitably when the clockwork choreography requires her to move mamia slides into place yes it was so good and some of that stuff like i there were part there were times that that happened that i didn't even notice until like the second or third time that i've watched because i've seen it let's see i saw it twice when we were in japan and now i've seen it twice since coming back so this was my fourth time watching it and there are some times where that happened where like i keep noticing new things every time i watch it and it's just it's so cool and it kind of helps because at the end there is the reveal that like mamia it that's not the real mamia but like they don't outright i mean like unless it's in dialogue that i can't understand they don't outright say it and i think that it helps because i i also don't think that this is made for newcomers necessarily yeah so i think that they're working with like you might have like a little bit of base knowledge or even if you don't i don't know because they do give you the recap in the beginning but um it just like i like that they reinforce that visually throughout in a way even if they don't actually like do it i um yeah you're just right I, i i really like how they handled the mamiya and mikage and even their interactions with um akia that are brief and probably are more inter- probably are more in depth when you can understand what's being said but sure. there's there's a lot of body language that you can read there and those are fascinating i'm very curious to f- see what what's actually being said in those scenes um because they're interesting they're really well blocked too vana says that she has a rough draft of a majority of the script now and so she's working on like a rough draft of subtitles but i don't know when like it's still going to be a long time before that's viewable to the public but we're going to be doing a another episode where we all watch a version with like the rough subtitles essentially so we can get the gist of what's being said and then that will be another musical episode it's musical city here and imagine me and Utena. It's imagine me and oh shit, what's the name of the musical? Um, hmm. 
let's talk about i want to talk about some of their stage management real quick yeah i want to specifically talk about all that sliding shit that happened i was gonna ask you how you felt about the uh sliding platforms i loved it i thought that was a really good idea it was very clever and also captured the way that Ikahara loves to use visual stuff. I thought it was hilarious pretty much every time that it happened. Like, just even when it's supposed to be, like, serious, like, they're, they just slide onto the stage. It's so funny. Also, we said, me and Cass both said multiple times um, something about someone sliding into DMs because you said it once and we could never let it go. <laughs> yeah, that was the joke it was that just... we made when we saw it was it's Akio sliding into your DMs. It's just, it's applicable for literally everything that happens. It's so true. Oh, it was so good. What else did you like about the the staging and stuff? I loved, we, we've talked a little bit about the whole like moving like clockwork, this constant sense of movement. But, wow, it was just good. And I also think that, like, having that and really leaning into it made a lot of the stage management in this musical work better for me than the last one. Not that the last one was bad so much as, like, it was just, I I was just mesmerized the whole time. Well, it's kind of like when you make pancakes. Your first pancake is always going to be a little misshapen. But, like, once you get into your groove, like, the rest of your pancakes are usually pretty good, like, pretty consistently good looking. This is the second pancake. I've never actually made pancakes. Okay, well, when you make pancakes, or at least when I make pancakes, I don't know about everyone else, but, like, it's always, like, the griddle temperature is not quite even yet, and I'm impatient, and... It comes out just like a little lumpy and a little browner than I would prefer for the outside of my pancake. But once I do it like another couple of times, I get like into the groove of of pancaking. And this this musical is maybe like the third or fourth pancake when you've really got it. I don't know. You know what really would have made the the okay? We we can talk about the blocking. We can talk about. The music, which, by the way, not as many big standout numbers here, except for the dual, the Dear Destiny Apocalypse, whatever. Yeah, it that was dope. We all of us flipped when it came when it happened. You guys were excited too. Outside of that one, the music wasn't standout, but it wasn't bad. It was it was pretty serviceable. It was pretty good. I really liked the beginning. Because the very first song is just literally them going fucking burning, burning, burning. Yeah. Everything's red and black. You're like, Jesus Christ. I'm like, what the hell happened here? Did I walk into a like a cultist ceremony? Yeah, and then it's like and then it was there with your pink hair. But I'm I'm hoping that the next uh, musical, if they do another one, will really just be brave and do what this musical was too cowardly to do. Which is Return the the return of big as a person choo-choo oh my god i'm surprised that it took this long into the episode for you to say this (laughs) your podcast is canceled yeah i am i am canceled but you know what you can't cancel what's irrelevant i am 
you know, I am disappointed by the lack of Choo Choo presence in the musical because Choo Choo is great and he's a good part of Utsuna and I understand that putting him in the show would be probably more difficult than it's worth and I definitely don't want another human monstrosity Choo Choo again, but... You two are a coward, it seems. Only I have the moral strength capable of really appreciating Uthana. Uh, real talk, like, I'm not sure that there's a way to do it that isn't terrible. If they could do it in a way that wouldn't be terrible, it'd be fine, but I don't think it is doable. A person in all black um, with a puppet. That sounds terrible. They do that for, they've done that for Sailor Moon musicals before. Yeah, you that can't doesn't do, sound good. You can't do Sailor Moon without Luna. Like, you, you just can't. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, at that point, you just kind of have to do it because, yeah, you're right, you can't. Like, Choo Choo, unfortunately, like, is a minor enough presence that you can kind of write him out without, like, af- it, like affecting the, like, structure of the story. But, yeah. Yeah, but, okay, Choo Choo aside, because Choo Choo is a joke, but the joke i made about choo choo and also choo choo himself is a how joke. dare you choo choo is irrelevant he is a dirty nasty man and i have canceled him why did you say that I, about him i cancel him with my life i paid i paid 20 life to exile choo choo from the battlefield permanently too bad and also get him banned um you cannot ban choo choo he's unbannable <laughs> it's available. Yeah, I I liked the music. I was a little disappointed that outside of like the very first song, which is mostly impressive for its visuals and overall creepiness, and the doing song, that none of the other ones really just caught me. Um, they're all serviceable, which is good, but none of them just caught me. Oh, that's weird. Did you I feel had, that way? Uh... I had one of them stuck in my head earlier while I was at work. One of the big ensemble numbers. I don't know any of the names of the songs. I uh, I need to send you the soundtrack because I've got the soundtrack. You do. Uh, I'll listen to the soundtrack again and kind of see if I kind of see if I just like have a different opinion of that. And if I do, I will say so on the air. I promise. I'm grabbing you the link right now. Blooming Rose of Deepest Black. That's the name of this musical. Okay, but back to... I like a lot of music. I think it definitely shines a little more in a second watch because, like, the first time you sort of have to, like, let everything kind of absorb. And especially because you don't have subtitles and you don't know what they're saying, you kind of just have to, like, let it happen. Mm-hmm. But the second time, you can really like pay attention to like what's going on and what everyone is doing while they're singing, and I don't know. I I definitely think it warrants repeat viewing, especially because they do so many like little subtle things, like to nod to the show, also just like in like their like posture and like block the blocking and stuff and the way that they do things like it's very clear the dedication to the show in the creation of this yeah like there's they put a lot of work into this and i'm impressed i do i have i have often wondered if to some extent these are always a little kind of fighting against the the current by the fact that being that they are an adaptation of a primarily visual um medium that also happens to be animation yeah and just the problems that that has but they've 
they they're 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 grappling with those problems in ways that I think is good. Like, it, does it always land? Not necessarily, but it doesn't have to always land. And I think it lands enough that it shows that that they you know that they understand the the problems that they face. That that that's cool. I like seeing people with adaptations understand the problems of the of this translation of one thing to another and grapple with them, even if they don't necessarily succeed. How did you enjoy Naname Sama? I enjoyed her a lot. She's perfect. As is Law. A- as was foretold, yes. It, one of her things that she sung was a cow version of the egg speech, the Crack the World Shell speech. And I'm looking forward greatly to having that subtitled so I can fully appreciate it in all its glory. Okay, so on one level, I really, really liked both of the songs that she did that were just kind of her song. On another, there's a part of me that is a little sad that they don't have, um, they didn't use the, what is it like? It's Yona, Lona? Oh, the song. Yeah, the song from the from the anime. Uh, yeah. that's the actual folk song. I don't remember Part what of it's me, called either, but yeah, I I. But that would get that. It would have required having. It would have required them to have uh, Toga to really make that work and to have the setup for it. So I understand why they didn't, but I kind of still wish that they did because I just love that so much. Yeah. No. And I feel you. I get you. That would. I would have fucking flipped my lid if they had done that. Like, but. Oh, I love these. I love the songs that she gets so much. Naname just gets the best song in every musical. Yeah, she kind of does. Like, like when they interviewed all the other cast members, like all the other cast members, like even the guys, like when asked if they could play another role, who would they play? Like they all said Naname. She's just she's she's having fun, like. She just got out. She's like interacting with the crowd. She gets to have the most fun. Yeah, she gets to have the most fun. It, it's good. Like I, I like her that way. I like seeing that actress have fun with it. Mm-hmm. See, who have we not talked about? We haven't really talked about Mikage very much. Yeah, but I mean, like characters. <laughs> Hot takes. Okay, real talk, actually, because I'm worried you're gonna keep that, uh, put that in the actual thing. <laughs> actually, I really like Mikage, um, not as a character, but as an idea, a construct, if you will, as a concept, if you will. Yes. Um, he's useful as a storytelling device, but also um, we don't have time for me to talk about why I like Black Rose Saga <laughs> um, and why he fits it really well. I did. Oh, that's what I do have something to talk about with Bakage. I have literally one thing. Okay. Besides the fact that they have the shadows showing that they definitely fucked on that bed. Um, that like Mamiya is like that. That while he's talking to Mamiya, like Akio is definitely fucking on Mamiya's deathbed. Yep. That's a thing that happened, and you had to hear me say those words. And uh, according to Vana, the pairing of the images of Akio having sex with Tokiko and Mamiya and Mikage together in that moment is supposed to also hint at the sexual nature of Mamiya and Mikage's relationship. Yes. Yes. Um, But when I saw Mikage, 
I, I realized with a horror that I knew what Mikagi looked like. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Not when we're doing this again. Mikage looks like Christine Love, one of my favorite game developers. Noted Utena fan, Christine Love. I hope she. I don't Actually, know. yes, because she does like Utena. No, I know. I know that she does. That's why I said that. But I, I don't think she listens to this podcast. But I also kind of hope she doesn't. Just in case. Oh God, I hope she. I kind of hope she doesn't because I'm terrified. Nobody tell her. It's this is just between us. This is our little secret. <laughs> Like, straight up, I am sending you a picture so you can see. I'm pretty sure I've seen a picture of her on Twitter before. Like, if you put glasses on the Mikage, like, it's the same aesthetic. They both have the absolute straight pink hair. Oh, damn, yeah. If you, you like, <laughs> if you made her hair pastel, yeah, absolutely. The one big difference is that, like, Mikage doesn't fill me with instant joy in the way that seeing Christine Love does. But that's because I haven't watched Mikage play really dumbass Japanese games on stream for hours on end. I feel like he could be charming in that way, but only if he, like, actually did things instead of just kind of, like, lurk menacingly and then go crazy. I was a little sad that they didn't they didn't go for more of a straight-up just the recreating the um, elevators. I, the elevator thing is my one disappointment, I would say, because, like, you saw how well they used the shadows in the back, like, that they projected onto those sheets and stuff. I think that they could have done something to, like, look like, you know, the elevator going down or whatever, and that could have been really cool, but they didn't do that. They just had them sit in a chair in the middle of the room while Mikage and Mamiya sort of circled about. Yeah, I I mean, it was okay. It wasn't bad, but... But like, it was definitely a missed opportunity. Missed opportunity, for sure. Very much missed opportunity. Let's see. We talked about... We talked a little bit about Cozy and Shiori. We talked about Hachuri is amazing. And this, we've talked about... Returning I mean, Anthe and Utena were fantastic, just as they were before. Of course. Every time that this... the uh, I can't remember her name. I don't remember any of these actors' names. It actually makes me a little sad. You can just say the character name. Yeah, but the char- the actress for um, Utena, mm-hmm. every time she smiles, I feel like... I just like have this the exact same reaction like it's the first time of like I would die for this person. Oh man, me too, absolutely. Like it's just the most the purest like goodest. I don't even know what other fucking words to use. Smile ever. Word on the street is that she had she had a bit of a an off-stage romance with the guy that played Toga in the first musical. And you can kind of see it in their body language in that musical that there's a little more something going on there. Well, that's scandalous. I know. I don't think that's why he didn't return. It was probably just, I think he's busy doing something else. But I hope, I really hope that if they do another musical, they do bring him back because he was so fucking good but honestly like given the skill with which they were able to recast characters in this one 
I would trust their ability to find another good Toga. If they had to recast Toga, they could do it. Speaking of Just, I, I, I trust recasting, uh, mm-hmm. there is one character we haven't talked about. Who? Sayonji. Did you forget Sayonji? Who? <laughs> oh, Dino! Your second favorite green shithead behind me. Oh, okay. Because we know that I'm your favorite green shithead. So, the only thing I mean, the only thing I really have to say about Sayonji is lol denim. <laughs> yeah, the denim jacket. Like the whole Sayonji in the musical dresses like he's a middle aged lesbian. It's true, and you should say it. And I mean, like that is a look from the show, and I forget that the thing that he wears at that time is in fact a, a denim jacket. But it's true, and yep, I had I miss original music, the first musical Sayonji, just because he was very funny, and he was kind of almost like another Shadow Girl, like we call him Esco sometimes. Uh, but this one definitely was more of like Wakaba's idealized version of Seonji and that fit Black Rose a lot better. Which, by the way, Wakaba, we haven't talked about Wakaba. Wakaba was good. The scroll. I'm not sure what I can say except that, oh god, okay, yeah, I do want to talk about that. The screaming shit, which I'm 100% positive they recorded that ahead of time. So that she didn't shred her vocal cords every night, I hope. Yeah, was just, oh my god. That was viscerally uncomfortable in a very good way. Oh yeah, god. It was so intense. I just sobbed the whole time. It's just, oh yikes. She does such a good job, too. Like, she really just, like, she has that Wakaba energy so, like, on point. Like, when she's prancing across stage. Mm Mm-hmm. I was a little disappointed by some of the choreography um, and her her duel. You're not the first person to say that to me. It it does a little too much of the like they're doing the whole like where she's kind of like wrestling, trying to like she's wrestling the sword out of the way and all dodging and all that, which is fine. But they they dragged that on for about twenty seconds longer than they should have. It's a little hard to choreograph a good and cool sword fight when one participant isn't allowed to draw a sword on the other. See, that's the that's the thing is that they should have had Uthana eventually get the sword. Yeah, about no, halfway she, through. She couldn't. She could. It's Wakaba. She couldn't pull a sword on Wakaba. Come on. She could if she was using it as an implement to block with. She couldn't. <laughs> it's it's Utsuna. She could never. Like, it's Wakaba. She, like, Utsuna would rather, like, put her Doesn't own she do it in the anime? On the line. Okay, so two things. First, it's she's really like that was the other that was the, actually that is a thing is that one of the changes they made is that it, from at least from body language, maybe maybe this is different than the actual like dialogue in the in in the Black Rose in the anime, the direct threat is actually to Anthe, which yeah. is what pushes her. And I mean, like she at one point, like I you know, I don't know very much Japanese, but I do know that Wakaba says, I'm going to kill the woman that took Sayonji's heart or something like that. 
Yeah, and I don't think that was a good change because it, it if they did actually change it, but her not drawing the sword is bad from a it it prolongs this fight and makes it more difficult. That's it makes it more likely that someone's going to get hurt. But also, two, it's just from a purely aesthetic level. On a purely aesthetic level, it just doesn't work very well. Especially when you're doing the exact like you can only make this look not super super silly fake for so long before it starts to get kind of like the same action eight times in a row. I am looking at uh, Wakaba's duel right now on YouTube and I'm trying to determine if Utena pulls a sword on her. She does. I'm almost positive. I'm looking. Hold on. Okay, so Wakaba goes to attack Anthe and Anthe's like Utsuna, you gotta use your sword. And Anthe falls over. Utsuna is... She's still not drawing the sword. And she takes a while to do it. Okay, let's see. She wrestles... Okay, she wrestles Wakaba's sword away from her and uses that to cut Wakaba's rose off but she never like Mm -hmm. she never actually lunges at her in any meaningful way and she never draws like the sword of dios okay like i i did think she drew the sword of dios but like okay so my point still kind of stands that like you had to do something else because what they did do did not work very well it was awkward and kind of it started as awkward and kind of proceeded to be boring and it was never really good except for the very beginning which was really disappointing because they had built up to that moment so well yeah i will admit that i tend to just be so emotional during that point that the very (laughs) fact that like just thinking about how like utina refuses to draw her sword on wakaba because this is like her best friend and she just can't Hmm. do it like that it fulfills me emotionally enough that whether or not the actual choreography itself is as good as it could have been, or maybe if it drags on for longer than is possibly necessary, and maybe if the inclusion of Seonji in it is kind of not great, I'm willing to overlook that. But uh, you're definitely not the person, the first person to tell me that they're not as they weren't as big a fan of Wakaba's duel in and of itself. Yeah, I was I was a little disappointed about that, especially because basically everything else regarding that thing was good. I think that they just probably struggled with trying to figure out how to block that in a way that was visually interesting, and. I mean, it may be one of the weaker points of the show, but it's a weak point in what is otherwise mm-hmm. very impressive. That's pretty fair. Let's see. How did you feel about the set dressing coming crashing down at the end? I liked it. Um, the one, version I saw was the one where um, it didn't come down the whole way, so it was kind of hanging halfway. But honestly, I thought it was kind of neat. It was aesthetic and neat for that to kind of come out halfway. The haphazardness of it kind of worked for me. Yeah, yeah, I get you. We're, uh, you know, we're running a little long here. So if if you have any closing thoughts, we can uh, we can wrap up. Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, thinking what I want to talk about. I guess it's 
it's it is worth seeing. It is pretty good, and I recommend it if you're an Utsuna fan, or if you just kind of just like like musicals even, because there's enough there to enjoy just like the blocking and watching things wandering around. I agree. And yeah, I'm I I liked it a lot. I'm definitely looking forward to watching it a couple more times and listening to um listening to the soundtrack and kind of just you know. En- enjoying the fact that it, this exists and that there's a non-zero chance that we're going to get another one. Yeah, I am really holding out hope that another one is going to happen next year. But, we'll see. If it's up to you and me, it will happen. Yes. If only it were up to us. <laughs> Alright. Well, if that's all we have to say about the musical at this time for this episode, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, you can do that at UtaCast. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Impandanata. Alice, where can people follow you on Twitter? They can follow me at LyreWolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. If you want to check out other things I do in the world of podcasting, you can check out The Fresh Podcast Market, a real podcast about fake podcasts that I do with my friend Teresa. If you would like to check out other places that Imagine Me and Utena is online, you can check out our Tumblr that I don't use much because who uses Tumblr anymore? But we have one. It's imaginemeandutena.tumblr.com. And we also have an email address if you'd like to get in contact with us. It's imaginemeandutena at gmail.com. We have a curious cat that is attached to our at UtenaCast Twitter account. You can send us questions, comments, concerns there or you can uh i mean there's plenty of ways you can get in contact with us we are a patreon supported podcast we love our patrons thank you very much you help keep us floating down the tracks every week ish as best as i can um that's all the things i think i don't i never remember all the things i need to say because I never I think write you it said down. All of them. I hope I've said all of them. Um, revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later.